Welcome back to Desperation Point Session 23. We are back, full crew. Well, full crew, current crew. Our crew will be even fuller in like two weeks because Tim Coron will return. And I think he's going to play in person here too. So we'll have to, we're going to have to rethink how we set up our setup here around the table um, because we don't want to line us up like this. We want to be kind of like, spread around the table with virtual players but i think we'll probably do what we used to do when we had a uh, a remote player we'd probably situate adam and mike at the far end of the table with their own okay. speaker system um and then we will just have to be cognizant whenever we're going to talk to mike and and adam not to like nk nk yeah sorry nk we don't want to have to we'll have to do this but we'll be looking like we're looking away from the camera so that's going to be really interesting hmm. Unless we move back to a fixed camera, which seems kind of weird. I don't know. How, can, has anybody else got their notification for vaccination at all? Nobody? No. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah, good. I'll be going in two weeks. Oh, good. Are you doing uh, the one and done, or is it the double shot? No, I'm doing the... I, I wanted the one that had the highest effectiveness rating, so I went with the double. Oh, good. <laughs> You said you got yours, Adam. Is that right? You say yes or no? Sorry. Yes, I did. Oh, good. When do you start yours? Then, uh, I don't know. I'd have to check. I've got it written down on all my oh. uh, appointments and stuff. But it is this week. Oh, that's good. Good, good, good. Hopefully, uh, the rest of America will get vaccinated and we can... <laughs> go back out in public like normal people. Yeah, hopefully um, this one... This variant in europe won't get too crazy before yeah it comes over here yeah. well, france is going into another lockdown mm -hmm. well europe not handling it so well well we haven't exactly been a poster child for how to handle it either so no. <laughs> it's been a lot better since uh dumped a bunch of money into it with biden becoming president but politics aside um i'm glad to hear that you all are getting your vaccination will be it'll be tim Nick and I in person, and then Kay and Mike and Adam remote until they make the decision to join us in person. But pro so probably in two episodes, we'll have a very different, we'll have a somewhat different setup. We'll be positioned differently at least, um, but it's gonna work out. I feel good about it. This is the way. Um, so we're on session 23 and Kay missed out last week, um, but I'll, I wouldn't say a lot happened, but a lot happened kind of. Um, but before we get into that, let's go ahead and do some initiative. Oh. Character sheet fell down below. Adam's rolling his cat. Came up with a meow. Yep. <laughs> That's what he do. I have my kitty butt dice around here somewhere. I just can't find them anywhere from tabletop. If, if you're rolling your cat, that's kind of cheating because they always land on their feet. <laughs> you can't on feet. You yeah. can't critically fail it. <laughs> Too bad the one's on his back and the six is on his belly. Yeah. <laughs> so what we get for initiative values, guys? I got a 13. Calvin, 13. I got an eight. Calendar with eight. Shug, what'd you get? Thirteen as well. Ooh. 
I'm definitely higher. <laughs> Thirteen, you said. Yeah. Keegan is is per is is a perception master. Calvin yep. is uh, brawn brawn or mighty wit or muscle mage. He was born strong, but uh, his brother works out. <laughs> I work out. What'd you get? Osbury? I rolled an eleven. Oh, I had a rock. Um, if you rolled your cat, you get all feet. A nine. Um, well, let's let's talk about. Or actually, we need your coin pool. I do this every time. I'm like, this is jump in. Um, so everybody, grab a D six. I'll take one and. Roll really a six for you, Dan. Oh, sweet. I rolled a six for you, Dan. Oh, I love coins. I got Feeling it. generous today. Five. Okay. So we'll have two player uh, fortune coins. I got three misfortune uh, for tonight's session. Um, okay. Now we can talk about what happened last week. Um, and I, I'd say a little, a little, a little bit, a lot of it was kind of. I wouldn't do that. It's going to be really loud on the microphone. Um, oh, real quickly before we do start, um, the campaign coins for Flames of Freedom will be showing up at my doorstep in like a week. I just got pictures of the mocks. There's biggest poker chips and they stack and they're fucking amazing looking. They're super cool. We got bronze and copper to look at and make a decision on. So if you're listening and you back Flames of Freedom, be sure to let us know if you like bronze or copper. As you will be deciding which we go with. Um, so anyhow, uh, back to where we're at. So back to desperation point. What happened last week? Where where we leave off the session before we start there, or what you may remember? I remember waking up. Uh, well, not waking up. I remember we were out explore uh, out looking for what the no- there was a certain noise of, and. Um, <clears throat> We saw two people on uh, elk back on top yeah. of the hill toward yeah, the uh, yeah, um, and then uh, I mean, shots, warning shots were fired. Yeah, warning shots, not words, were fired as uh, um, Abigail. Abigail. Uh, it's funny. I had to go in chains. Oh yeah. Abigail, um, sh- fired off a, uh, a shot and hit one. That's right. Yeah. That's where we kind of start. That's right. That's where we started. Cause right. as cause we're, yeah. Cause that's the last session K played in was right before, like when you and when Collinsworth and Shug were kind of outside the perimeter of the fire and they saw, you saw it at the night and you saw the two figures, uh, on that little hill near the enigma. So, yeah, so Abigail turned around and fired an arrow, and the two elk riders fled. And what happened after that? Uh, I think we tried to go back to sleep for a while and not <laughs> not succeed very well at that. And um, then Calvin led the way uh, with his divination, um, where he was divining credence. Right, Clearwater revival, and so you clamor. So you went to the Enigma, and you clambered up, and that's what broke Calvin's concentration. Then you tried to pick back up the trail. What happened from there, Calvin? All right. So with the magic six broken, uh, oh, we spent about 
right. Oh, I forgot about that. You crit, yes. you crit failed that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we spent about 10 hours trying to pick up a trail to find the um, the location of where I last known direction of where my cousin was. Um, so we did find a game trail and we kind of stumbled upon eventually this village and we caught this guard off guard uh, and decided to make our presence known. Um, of course, they were very surprised to see us as we later found out that the ma- the city is pretty well magically hidden. Uh, so they weren't really expecting guests. But uh, after a little bit of uh, we're going to tie you up and take you as prisoner, they, they found that uh, we were there looking for a good old friend, Credence Red. Right, you want to pick up from there, Nick? Um, so we, we spoke with him a while about what was going on with Credence, and we found out that he had... Who, who are you talking to? We were Remember, talking, Kay wasn't here last oh, week. Oh, okay. So, so we, we, we spoke with... Um, if the, the guy who first met us was... Um, he had like... Who's maintained the golden, NPC cards. Golden teeth and stuff. Can't quite remember his name. Dane? Yeah, it was Dane. And uh, so he brought us to a, a, a character there named Vernon. And Vernon told us that uh, Credence and Otrig the Druid uh, left about a day ago to search for. Um, what were they looking for? I don't remember what they went and searched for. Okay, well, he'd been gone long enough that they thought it was strange that he was missing. So um, we decided to go search for him the next morning. And that's kind of where we left off. Yeah, they were looking for Chauncey. Chauncey, that's right. Okay. Yeah, that's right, because we saw several of the guards there wearing uh, Black Knight armor. Black Knights of Landon. Anything else that happened during that time? Anything else notable? They took the they they uh, took the bear um, by spells. They didn't take him. They, they just pacified. made him sit down. Pacified him. Yeah. There's some of the magics that Calvin immediately recognized when the woman did her finger wiggle waggle toward toward Hobbs. Seems like we're missing some other some other details here. I'm surprised we haven't covered off on it, but I'll kind of help fill in the blanks. Um, you also learn a little bit more about what happened with Balbanese, Dauntenthorn, back to previous characters from campaigns past. Um, because Vernon talked a little bit more about this. Anybody remember the details of what happened? Balbanese was killed by the Green John. That's right. Um, and we we basically told him we had no love for the Green John either. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and you know, the rest of everyone else of that crew is, were pretty much still grouped up together 10 years mm-hmm. later. That's kind of cool to hear. Yeah. Yeah, so Balbanese was killed by 
Green John, or as, as Vernon called him, Fingal the Green John, 12 mm-hmm. years ago. Ulysses is is in Fingal's company. He's with them. Well, that's weird. I wonder about all the things pointing out. I say your camera's weird. Yeah. It's going all wonky. It is a little wonky. Um, one second here. I'm going to fix that real quick. I'm just going to pause our recording. Yeah, that was weird. Um, so, yeah, so you found out that Ulysses is with the Green John back in uh, Gralstead, um, which was unusual. Now you kind of know who the, the man who was mute, uh, who, who didn't speak. It was there at the big black hat. Um, but you also discovered a little bit more about where about Otrig and the Druids, too, because he seems to be kind of tied to this whole bigger scheme uh, between the Cavendishes and the Druids. What did you learn? Did you learn anything? Because remember, the Druids... The Druids won't cross the river. They can't. Yeah, they can't cross the river. The Druids, the Cavendishes can't cross the rivers near uh, Cauldron Lake. And there's a Druid on this side of the river. Do you remember his name? Anybody? No. He was called Spite. He is, uh, he and Otrig have some beef. Because essentially Vernon said that, you know, the three, basically three of their company have kind of gone different ways. First, Credence went to go find Chauncey. Otrig went with Chauncey and was going to go on his own way to do something. Got nobody knows at this point. Uh, although Vernon suspected he's going after spite and then ulysses is still with the green john and the decision point was kind of like well if you help me then we'll join forces and we'll figure out what to do from here so this would bring potentially bring vernon and the nameless down to stonehold that's Mm -hmm. kind of the stakes at this point Mm -hmm. um and you decided to chase after credence was kind of the decision there and that dane the skull would be the ones to take would be the ones to to take you. So yeah, so following after credence was kind of the decision that you all made. So everybody, okay, be sure to mark this down for yourself too. It's fifty reward points. Everybody gets fifty reward points, um, and we'll just kind of pick. We'll pick back up, um, kind of the following morning. Um, so you're in the confines of this hall. I guess would be the best way to describe it. Um, where there's this large heart that's kind of, you know, softly kindling. And you can see the motley collection of people that Vernon and the Nameless have surround themselves with. There are people who speak with thick brogues, Dunman. Um, there are others who speak in, in, in plain all, clearly Aridane. Um, And as you've kind of come to understand in these last few, you know, this last, half day or so you've been among them these are mostly refugees from stonehold 12 years ago and they have armed themselves with the knowledge that balmany's left behind arming themselves with um you know plated armor so the daunton thorn steel um and rifles that they had learned to create and they have kind of in some ways created a sort of persona of the nameless, uh, I think probably at the, you'd imagine at the urging of credence, that seems pretty fanciful or something that would be fitting something he would do. But, um, it's kind of a motley collection of people, this very, very small village 
and it's kind of nested inside this like thick pinewood forest. Remember, when you came here, the trees were like tall and sweeping, like this. They're about the size of redwoods, but they're like they're trees with like these big, they're big pine trees essentially. This place is called Sentinel Pines, I think, is what we had named it um, when this had happened. So you all kind of wake up the, the next morning um, with some of these revelations you learned overnight and. Of course, Keegan comes about and you all kind of begin to mill about kind of making your making what you will of your morning. Um, everyone recovers to um, unhindered. If you were down uh, at all. And um, yeah, no, you're, I think we spent all your food stuffs on the way here anyhow, if I'm not mistaken, uh, to get you to get your journey here at least because you have. So I think you guys brought enough food to get here and back if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Right. Yeah. Cause I think, I think, yeah, that's right. Cause I'm looking back at the uh, quartermaster um, and the quartermaster who was Collinsworth, you didn't fail your test. So you didn't spend more than you needed to on the trip here. Right. Um, of course, some of us don't have to eat. <laughs> it's like half the party. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the dark, it's the dark vision improvision <laughs> challenge of like every game master in D and D it's like, it's dark out. You can't see anything. Everybody raises their hand. I got dark vision. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, so um, you all have kind of at least began to kind of move about and clear the clear the cotton from your ears, you know, kind of like get back, get your head back into the game. So it gives you an opportunity to revisit conversations if you need to with Vernon or the or even Dane, um, the Scald or or others that are here in the camp uh, before you depart. You never really settled on when you're going to leave. You just wanted to do it soon, but that means today or to later today or tomorrow is kind of up to you all. But you've all kind of gathered, and uh, Abigail, of course, is there too. Oh, that rest was something that was absolutely needed. That's Didn't rest well the night before. Yeah, all that hooting and hollering out in the wilderness—I didn't like that. Uh -uh. Not one bit. Yep. Having some peace and quiet is a nice change to that weird sounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what you can, it's right. Because what you had learned is that the enigma was basically kind of a magical barrier against people wandering into this forest to find the nameless constructor. Right. Potrick, yep. Collinsworth, let's go check on Hobbs, make sure he's doing all right. Mm, all right. And I just turn around and I look at Hobbs. Hobbs, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So where you're, where you're, the place where you're at, um, as you kind of take the air and Hobbs lumbers behind you, you all kind of discover that this this village is is a hodgepodge of people. But it, it you're you discover that you're not the only animal tamer here by any means, Collinsworth. Um, not far because if you recall there when you first came down into this little fortified village there was this wooden tower that had been built within the trees um and the woman who had done her little ding, 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 finger stuff to uh, Hobbs, she's actually out in this open kind of dirt yard within this fortified village and she lets loose this huge raptor um that that leaves her arm um she's got the big kind of like protective glove on and she has the hood in the other hand and she 
slings something into the air and the hawk takes off from her arm to uh, spin about and the brown and gray feathered raptor snatches it up in the air and kind of roosts in a nearby tree. Oh, Hobbs looks okay. A bit groggy, but um, he seems fine. <laughs> and be sure to mark. I think he's recovered. Does he have any? Does he have a lasting, a permanent, a lasting injury? If I'm not mistaken. Oh, he had that like weeks ago. That's what I thought. I, I thought he'd recovered from that. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember. <laughs> I couldn't. Yeah, no, I, yeah so I Keegan, track. Keegan did surgery on him. A determination point was spent at some point too. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, he he healed up during our two week staycation. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was still he still had a few days left on that injury, and then the staycation made it all go away. It was his eye, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, it was affecting his perception tests. Yeah. That's why I stopped having him. Tra- yeah, that's why I stopped having him track. <laughs> She, uh, she, she, as you kind of are out in the yards, like the woman kind of, she, and she, she's you she's remarkable in the sense that, um, that she had been close beside Dame, uh, the night before, and you would suspected they were probably married or hand fast or whatever the equivalent would be here in the north. Um, she's this woman, a very tall and lean woman with a long, uh, golden braid that kind of runs down to her waist. And she's wearing this kind of bits of banded leather and looks fairly sweaty. Like she's been, she's been exercising this morning um, with the exercising, the animal, I should say, or in this case, the biggest raptor you've ever seen Collinsworth, like this wingspan, as you kind of see it kind of encircling above its wingspan must be almost 10 feet tip to tip. It's Mm -hmm. a huge white capped raptor. You've never seen its kind before. I keep my distance. White book, please. Oh, okay. The the bird swoops down. You can hear its feather. You can hear its wings kind of flapping as it settles into the yard, and it stands almost the height of the shortest of all of you, about five feet high from talon to crown. It's a massive, massive bird, and it looks like that the the leather glove that this woman wears is really just to protect her from getting nipped um, because it's it's beak must be it's beak must be the size of this this microphone it's like it's beak is the size of a can of pop it's huge um and the animal kind of sits beside her and kind of drops um the this kind of colored feathered thing she'd flung in the air uh for animal training and drops it at her feet and she picks it up and stuffs it into a satchel behind her. And as she approaches, you can see that she has, and this is why, you know, she's an animal tamer of a sort Collinsworth because she has the, the common kind of scars and markings of animals being a little bit too playful. Uh, if you can imagine how you know, people who are cat owners probably have scars from cats scratching them. Um, animals who get a little too playful leave scars too on their neck, on the side of their face, on her fingers and hands. And she just has the smell of like someone who, who kind of, probably um, spends more time around animals than she does people. And she, she approaches and, 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 and simply says, good morning to the lot of ye. Morning. Morning. 
quite a quite a big bird you got there. Hi, big bird. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't, I don't know what kind of bird it is. I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm from the south. I'm, I'm ignorant of these types of things. Looks, looks, uh, pretty fearsome. Hi, this this breed grows. This breed's found in the spine of the world, out in the out in the Horn Society. Brought this one back when it was still just a, a wee chicken, she says. And she kind of raises her hands like this, which seems to indicate the bird was born big. We recently hatched a creature that we found out in the, in the cave. Who knows I... going to be? <laughs> she looks to Collinsworth. Uh, no, I don't say anything. I, I just kind of um give uh osbert a look <laughs> osbert just kind of like oh you didn't want me to talk about that and just like shuts up <laughs> i came to issue my apologies for the weirding yesterday i not know if you were enemies or nay we've not had people find our village before they're not already among us you'll forgive me i hope you weirding aye the way, she says, is in my, in my people's tongue. The way. Like, it's, it's, all, uh, it's obvious Collinsworth has no idea what she's saying. It's all water under the bridge. Uh, I mean, of course, you'd want to protect your village. I mean, cautions must be taken. Well, apology is nice. However, there's a difference between protecting yourselves and taking away something's free will. Start telling what your bear was going to do. Hobbs no, did it. I was telling you what the bear was going to do. I told you the bear wouldn't be attacking anyone unless you attacked me. And then you did that. No, I don't believe you. Did you sleep in a pine cone last night? Awfully prickly, this one. Well, I'll leave you be, she says and turns about. The bird kind of, its wings kind of spread majestically and woof, 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 flies back along the village. You can see that... Um, not far from here, Collins, with your eyes immediately turned toward what looks like a nest kind of nestled somewhere high in a, in a very tall tree. Um, bits of thatch and other bits of yarn and cloth that have been gathered probably from the yards around here um, in this, this nameless village kind of created this nest or clutch where, where you're guessing is probably a, a, a female uh, raptor judging by its coat and its kind of general bone structure, um, you intuit it's probably, a, uh, it's probably a, a female. And it kind of takes off into the sky, soaring until it disappears into the light until you can no longer see it. Uh, Collinsworth, I'm not here to lecture you, but just remember, we're guests here. Just try to be civil, at least. How would you feel if someone had just... I'm not trying to argue with you. you. You said the right thing. Just be careful. 
That's all. No, and I wouldn't want anyone that is going to treat uh, an animal like that, particularly someone else's animal, to know anything about what we have back at home. Mm. Makes sense. You know, there's many a people who believe that in order to train a horse, you need to break it. And I couldn't disagree more. We'll just have a horse who, who does half the work. Hmm. Out of fear, I suppose. Mm -hmm. so. A job done out of fear is much worse than a job done because it wants to be done. I can tell here you and you and Hobbs got quite the bond. You're friends. <laughs> he sticks his big wet muzzle underneath Collinsworth beneath of his chin. I, I adore Hobbs. But I also know that our relationship isn't nearly as close as him and Calvin. And <laughs> I respect it. <laughs> no, no reason for me to be jealous. Hobbs lumbers around. The, the people of the village are, are, are surprisingly, um, they don't seem to really be put on edge with Hobbs's um, presence here by any means. I suppose we should uh, get moving so as not to waste any time and not to uh, step on any more toes or talons. So what will you do from here? Uh, I think we will approach um, Vernon and let him know we're going to be headed out with the intention to say that at least. He, you kind of find him somewhere amid the village. Man has what you would guess was perhaps once red hair that's all turned gray with a, with a short stunted beard, a bit of a, a belly. Um a somber looking fellow and he's accompanied by this rail thin short person with balding hair and dark coal like under his eyes like dark makeup that seems almost been spread there with his fingers as opposed to applied appropriately like one may do with um with, with makeup and he's dressed like he's born in the wood too this is the man you know is dane the scald mm. He's taught, he and Vernon are having kind of a conversation uh, when you kind of walk in on, when you walk in and Vernon turns about and says, y'all slept in a bit late, didn't you? Well, we're just letting you know we're, we're going to make our way out, make up for lots and lost daylight. Nods. Well, I'm suspecting uh, Dane's going to take you on out there. Oswald lifts an eyebrow. Oh, okay. But y'all got any other better ideas? I suspect you know the way around here. I wouldn't say no to a guide. Indeed. Dane says, I know the way that they went, but I do not know particularly where they went. <laughs> well, it's certainly better than nothing. So, uh, yes, I think that would be very helpful. It is not easy to find your way into these woods, he says. 
finding your way out even more tricky. <laughs> well, we did it once. We can do it again. <laughs> he raises a brow. Ah. Well, not <laughs> knowing what we are, not knowing, knowing that Credence was going to be back after half a stone, after half a day, I suspect we should, at the very least, provision appropriately. If there's anything that you need to get here while in the village, please do let me know. He gives kind of a, a big golden tooth smile as all of his teeth are gold. I'll leave that to you, Keegan. I tend to live off the land as I go. Yes, I've quite noticed that uh, supplies don't seem to go missing quite as swiftly <laughs> with Cal uh, with uh, yourself and Calvin happening to be around. Though me and Collinsworth obviously uh, still do our dues, but... I suppose it wouldn't be remiss for us to possibly up our stores at this point. What with the travels I, we've had. I never stopped being a growing boy. <laughs> as as I've got, you know, gray hairs on the side of my head. Yes, indeed. Uh, I do believe that uh, I'm quite set on making sure that uh, we have the medicines and such that we should need. Though I don't know much of the area that we're moving into, uh, should there be any special trappings we should be grabbing? Um, you have appropriate supplies for your weapons, Dane inquires. Any, any, I don't think it, any of you are carrying rifles or pistols, are you? I, I'm carrying a double-barreled pistol. Yeah, he kind of points toward it. You mean ammunition? Well, I, su yes. I suppose uh, I, I throw rocks at things and those tend to be uh, plentiful. So, I would, Yeah, I'd take some ammunition. Certainly. He smiles. They'll, they'll provide you with uh, 10 shots each if you need it. Okay. Yeah. He goes further on to say, I do not think you can throw your rocks as far as you think you can. Keegan, was it? Well, I never claimed to be able to throw things very far, but uh, if they happen to be outside of arm's reach, at least might have a chance to hit it. So many trees out here. Maybe you'd be better if we gave you a, a hunting bow. A bow? Yes, I mean, he says. As a boy, occasionally, I used to use that to hit pests, but if you think I could do more than that, you're sorely mistaken, sir. Well, then, in fact, you should be given one of these infernal wands that the that Vernon insists that we all carry. Oh, to shoot the other eye out, and he points at like his missing eye. <laughs> <laughs> well, to use to use a bow requires a lot of training. To to simply point a barrel at something and wish the magic to come out is traditionally far easier. And if you wish, and if and if you don't think your shot is true, then perhaps a crossbow. I, I am not I am not uh, particularly good at wishing. Mm, Better to hit things close to me. Uh, you may be right that I can't hit things very far, but I don't know that I'd be able to hit them even if I had something that could travel that far. Mm, he says. I will talk to Annika. He says. You're not even sure who Annika is. He turns about. I'll be back. Uh, Enjoy. This is a strange place we found ourselves in. It is. 
so magically shielded place where they take over animals and offer us ranged weaponry. People that don't want to be found are, are bound to be odd, if you ask me. Trying to hide themselves from the world. <laughs> right. Unless they must be hiding for good reason. Uh, I think all but one are uh, lovely. I mean, I think they were hiding because, well, I mean, there was the, I mean, there was the White Wolf's army that was trying to you know, murder them all. So, oh, that's yes. history, though. Well, I, I don't know much about I wars. Slowly, slowly over to Abigail. <laughs> well, wait, though. Um, obviously, you, you've had uh, some run-ins, and he kind of looks over towards the way that the other animal tamer went. But uh, has there been talk of uh, potentially adding these people to our allies or alliances? Has anyone spoke to them about this? Uh, I wouldn't be opposed. This is kind of a thing that's predicated on what we do next. Right. We must succeed at finding Credence and possibly Chauncey as well. So this is their trial as well as ours, because Credence, I thought, was from Points of the Reddings. Yeah, if we can can manage to round them all up, I suppose that they, they may... Go with us to back to Stonehold. Who knows? We'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I mean, if they can hide this entire village, think of what they could hide back at Stonehold. Mm. Well, I don't think there's much hiding. This a group of this size. You never know. If they have the ability to hide that, maybe they can't hide an entire fort. But who knows what they could potentially do? I can't make heads or tails this magic. That's Calvin's forte. I don't know. I assume that they just have a blanket that happens to match the background and we just didn't see it. Or someone else <laughs> didn't. I don't get it either. It takes an ex- exceptional group like us to, to make it through, to pierce their defenses. <laughs> to find a blanket, yes. <laughs> I mean, it would probably take some time of studying and uh, I don't know if they would uh, necessarily like me looking at the w- the ways that they do their work. Well, I don't know. Don't they tend to carve things and things? Maybe you can make another rubbing like we did on those doors in that dungeon. Mm-hmm. I still need to look at that. I have it in my pack. Uh, what did I meant... you do with your two weeks? Uh, uh, above board, I only have so much RP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I say he did learn the RP. <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't ever need to advance tier, right? I can just uh, stick to intermediate and just learn all the right. spells. And you can do the studying beforehand until you have the RP. Yeah, I mean, unless the rules have changed, I can like it only takes me actually like a day to oh. learn a spell. Mm. Yeah. Because it, it's reduced by my willpower bonus in days, and so. Right. Mm. Yeah, it's a it's a one week, two weeks, or three weeks. And he reduces it by a number of days equal to his willpower bonus. Mm. So, what's your willpower bonus? Uh, eight. Yeah, by God, yeah, you were. <laughs> <laughs> to your spells, um, like 
<laughs> yeah, you learned to read to your spells. It's 14 minus 8, so I can't do math. Um, yeah. Six. Six days. And then... Calvin takes a smoke break to learn things. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be right back. I'll learn a spell. Uh, <laughs> it's the RP that's the that's the hill to climb, right? Yep. Uh, can so, I hand you some of mine so that we can just like disperse and you can get some more spells? <laughs> sure. Give me all your RP so that I can learn all the spells. That's Does fair. that mean I get double when I do that? <laughs> <laughs> can I have some of your RP, please? I As I to... am told, everything doubles when I'm told to do it. <laughs> I need you to take a uh, unique advanced into incantation so you can assist me when I take these tests. I'd be down. If you please. If you... I, don't know right. how we, I don't know how you assist in spells other than know the hands with the thing. Like, I don't... Like, we, we learn together, all right? All right. Like we pra we're practice buddies. We're I actually have 400 RP. I could do it. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to convince these guys to learn how to fly on a broom, so, you know. You just have to lower your primary attributes permanently by 3% across the board, guys. Yeah. MBD, MBD, nope. Sorry, intermediate tier, 6%, sorry. <laughs> so every every attribute? Yeah, if you die. Oh, I thought it was if you're not, so in the So, real quickly, um, if you were not of the mage archetype, um, which Calvin, you're considering oh. part of the mage archetype. If you're not part of the mage archetype, you can learn any spell you want, but you sacrifice a piece of yourself. It's three percent across all primary attributes for basic, six, and then nine for advanced. So, Flames of Freedom, yes, anyone can learn spells, but you sacrifice unless you're the mage archetype. <clears throat> Fuck that. that mage. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> but you know, it's fun to fail still, son. MVD, MVD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of my stuff is sitting right at the zero, like 40, 50, 60. There's no way in hell I'm doing that. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you'd be like, I have a 5% chance success. I will. And the thing is, you can't risk backlash. Uh, and you, you can't you can't risk backlash if you uh, are not a major archetype either. So those of the major archetype have like a significant advantage over anybody else by learning and casting spells. Which is good, because it makes them special. So, yeah, the last the last spells you learned, Calvin, were which rod and uh, flying broom. Flying broom, that's right. Yeah. But I could take a rank in incantation and never learn the spells, but just be his spell bitch, though, couldn't I? <laughs> you could be my spell bitch, I guess. <laughs> Study buddy, that's what I prefer. That. <laughs> I would I would probably say <laughs> yes, but <laughs> in this case, yes, you can, but it's going to take time, <laughs> which is more than just one game session. So, yeah, you could. Absolutely. If you wanted mm. to spend some time under tutelage with Calvin. Okay. If you want to learn incan incantation. Why not? <clears throat> But I would probably make a decision to say that because um, you don't know any intermediate tier or advanced tier spells, you could assist him with those. But you probably could assist with basic tier. Okay. Yeah. If if that's the path you wanted to go, you know? yes, but possibly that's something to think about. Um. So yeah. So Dane will come back with some provisions and such, and he's um, accompanied by. Clearly, who is his wife, this woman, Annika, who had the, the giant raptor. 
and something is off about her. You can't quite put your finger on what it is, but something seems really strange about her. Um, about her features, about the way she talks, about her mannerisms. Um, it's clear that Dane is a Dunman. Like, without a doubt, he's a Dunman. And it's clear that Vernon is just a backwater Andal, or Ald. Or sorry, Airdane. Or, or a Grawlstetter, as they call themselves. <laughs> Um, he's an OG Grawlstetter, isn't he? He is, he is OG. Yeah, he is super OG. One of the last Grawlstetters. <laughs> you are the last Grawlstetter. Angry with a draw <laughs> from the north. I'm thinking the last dragon. It's funny because, because <laughs> Vernon had the outcast. Um, he was branded, so it's like yeah. the fact that he's he's like out of his village makes sense. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, yeah, he's talking with her in a lang in a in a language that you can understand. So what you're hearing is, Keck. <laughs> as they may say. As they're talking, I'm just like gonna watch, like, just watch them and see if I can figure out what's going on with her. Yeah, um, go ahead and roll a. Um, I was about to say insight. Uh, that's not right. I've been in this other world scrutinize. of scrutinize, other game world of development. Roll a scrutinized test. This test will be secret, however. Okay. Can I also attempt that since I have multilingual? Oh, yeah. What's multilingual? Just like you're asking, what's that trait do? So it's, it's not specific to this, but I feel like it would give me kind of a basis, which is uh, you can communicate simple thoughts and words through it. Simple thoughts through words and hand signals with other races with whom you don't share the same language. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, so, uh, Keegan, I'll let you actually know the difficulty rating for you. Um, okay. Go ahead and roll first, Nick. His secret. Fifty-five percent chance to succeed. And I rolled a seventy-five. Would you like to keep it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, in your case, Keegan, it's going to be standard. And that's a scrutinize. Standard scrutinize. That's right. Uh, and you said that is a no uh, standard difficulty. Yes. Okay, so that's a seventy percent chance. That's a sixty-six. So that is a crit success. You feel confident that this woman is one of the Pictish. Um, judging by the intonation and consonants she's using and her mannerisms, like which immediately kind of gives you the heebie-jeebies because they are kind of the mortal enemies uh, of the people in the north. A very, very old and ancient enemy at that. Um, that your ancestors, uh, before they came to settle Aglador, told stories of when they first, when they came to the first shore in the second age, they spoke about, um, a, a deeply religious and violent people called the Pictish. And they, that Pictish is kind of a slang term. They call them that because they draw pictures everywhere, hmm. uh, marking their territory, at least back then. Uh, would we have an actual word other than Pictish? Because Keegan wouldn't use necessarily a slang if he knew something else. No, no, no the Pictish don't don't interact with anyone outside their own people. That's why this is very unusual. Uh, the they're simply the Pictish. No one knows what they call themselves. So Keegan kind of points it out, and he does like lean in and whisper. I think uh, I think she's actually she's actually Pictish. 
I continue to stare as they talk in this foreign language because I find it rude that they're talking in a foreign language and I don't understand what they're saying. Maybe they're insulting me. I'm just going to stare rudely because they're being rude too. (laughs) And I get the gist of what they might be talking about. Maybe I don't know the words, but kind of. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Keegan. And that's that's the other the follow up to this. That was your critical success result. Um, it's pretty clear that Dane is really worried about going into what he calls uh, the first forest. And um, they seem to be, he seems to be worried that if that's the direction Chauncey went, that the Pictish may have him. And that's disconcerting to him. And Clearly, Annika, you know, trying to comfort him as she places his hand on his shoulder, says, you know, um, the pictures are mostly gone from where Chauncey probably went. And he's like, well, I don't know if I can trust these people yet. Um, they don't seem to be accustomed to the north, save for that one. He's kind of pointing toward toward um, Osbert. And she makes some remark that you can't quite fully understand but but basically what it boils down to is she's saying well I think I should go with you all it's not going to be safe you can't see above the trees and none of these, and then she goes on to say that none of these people have night eyes and immediately when you get that you, you remember Keegan from your own stories that all the Pictish can have what are called night eyes that can see in the dark. He relays the basics of this back to everybody as he's kind of translating on the fly. It's pretty clear that even though that Dane is literally expressing like deep concern for his own well-being with his wife. That's what you're going to pick up on, Keegan. Keegan wouldn't uh, make an assumption to try to say what the emotional is behind it, just what the words are mm-hmm. that he's getting. Sure. So, so you all you all hear she uh, Keegan kind of explains all this. Dane and this woman Annika kind of walk off as they're kind of talking more in private. <clears throat> well, I mean. I can't blame him at all. He doesn't know us. Yeah, no. We are very obviously southern. And I mean, very obviously fearsome, fearsome lot here. We've we've downed our share of monsters in the north. Oh, be that as it may. Well, it looks like we may be adding her to our ranks, though, for travel. The more, the safer. Is that always true? I don't know if that always holds water, but if you state so. If we're talking survival alone, I think it would be better to have her with us. How does that make you feel in terms of what she'd done to Hobbes? There's there's two things that really get under my skin. One, breaking an animal. Uh, another, being lied to. 
She did both. I don't have to like her. Okay. I feel better to trust someone that I'm stuck on the road with, though, especially one that might be able to see things I can't. I trust you to manage every manage your uh, relationship with her, Collinsworth. Oh, I will be very cordial. Unless she lies to me or tries to break hops. Then that will switch. But so long as she doesn't do either of those things, it'll be like nothing happened. Hobbs is one of us. Mm-hmm. Life debt. <laughs> we kind of just talk amongst ourselves until Dane has made his preparations. Sure. So was he actually going to like bring me a crossbow or something that he thought, or was he backing off of that? He was, he was just, uh, he kind of, he doesn't come back with that. No. He, okay. He, um, he comes back with Annika and he's, he kind of explains, um, I think where we're going, we will need many more warriors. He kind of says flatly, no offense intended, but there are parts of, this forest that we have not explored, willingly at least, we have avoided because of the Pictish. A place to, well, a place to the north called uh, the First Forest. That is the direction that Credence went. So Credence went off on his own, and he's okay. he was ostensibly okay when he left. What makes you think we need all these extra extra folk with us? He was not alone. He went with Otrig. And Otrig is a druid. None of you are druids. No. no far then, from it. Then we need numbers. Nope. If you say so. <laughs> well, you don't believe me? He says. Osmer just shrugs. I don't know. If you say so. I say so, he says. You know these parts. You're the guide. I know the edge of the forest. I don't know the first forest. The first forest. He nods. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I was, uh, I was using that as a leading question. Could, could you please tell me what the first forest is? Ah, he says. It is the woods that run from here all the way to the Stark Vasa, beyond Gorhov, to the to the ocean to the north. It begins south here. So it's a force that stretches to the first shores. He nods. Hundreds and hundreds of leagues. This where we are at is just a small part of it. The Sentinel Pine. Mm. He points here like 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 he's saying Sentinel Pine is the village. Mm. Okay. Well who do you recommend we take then? I mean I don't know your he lot up here. I believe it would be well if we brought Annika Yar's daughter with us. My wife. My wife! <laughs> <laughs> I 
or ooh, David, as uh, what's her name? It says in Schitt's Creek. Uh, it says my my wife, Annika Jarlstadter. She well, has, uh, he kind of he kind of stammers for a moment, and he says she uh has walked with the Pictish. We met He's briefly. Trying to trying to avoid, clearly trying to avoid calling her Pictish, like if not to raise further suspicion by all of you about her. Osbert says nothing and and maintains a neutral expression. We met her briefly. He nods to her, to Annika. She's, yeah, she's nearby. Yeah, she nods back. This will take us very close to a castle keep. It is where I think Credence went. Okay. That will be All the right. place where we go first, I think. It is not far. It is half a day from here, but through a very dangerous valley, he kind of explains. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> very cold. So we need to dress warmly. He points toward the mountains. We are going that direction. To reach the first forest, we will have to go past the mountain. Along the way, we shall stop at this castle and see if Credent is there. If he is, then we return. It will be easy. But if it is not, then we must investigate what happened. Where he may have went. But, he says, this is where he and Otrig would have parted way. So if Credence left a trail, we would find it. We would not find such a trail if he was traveling with Otrig. Hmm. Oh, this right. castle, is it actually inhabited? Uh, in a way, he says, I suppose. He looks to Annika, and Annika looks to him. There's clearly like a, there's kind of a sense of fear between the two of them about this place they're talking about. Anything we should know about? Osbert leads in. <laughs> it is a dangerous castle, he says. What makes it but so dangerous? Bad people. Bad people, huh? Yes. What kind of bad people? Uh, he kind of stops. Northerners? And, and he, he, <laughs> he kind of stops, not really sure how to answer the question. Like, he's looking pleadingly to Annika to kind of fill in the blanks at this point. And, um, and, uh, and she kind of walks forward and, um, she, she, she simply kind of says, um, in a way, she says, uh, among the Northerners, they're a people called the Painted Folk, she says. Painted head to toe in purple. People, very dangerous people who dwell in the castle, she says. We can talk more, more along the path. Sure. 
as I start walking. Yeah. So Credence and Otrig headed towards this dangerous castle, and they were going to stay there with all these dangerous people? Something isn't adding up here. Dane kind of as you're as you're all kind of walking away from Sentinel Pine with now with Dane and Annika and of course Abigail in tow. Um, he's he, Dane. Dane says, um, "Well, there was not very much information for Chauncey for Credence to go on. He had, as he tends to do, do his own investigation. I think he has grown very tired of being in this village." Hmm. He had received some word that a very tall man with a big sword was seen in the north a year ago. Little did he know that it was just the castle keep not far from here. So, he convinced Otrig, and Otrig, like water, Otrig, when he find a rock, he just go around it. Otrig convinced Credence to go. Otrig have other, he had other um, things to do with this other druid. So they strike out one week ago. Never come back. I do not think Credence would go on with Otrig. Otrig's path seemed personal. So he go to the first natural place he think of. He hear of of his brother with big sword. He go to this castle. So this Otrig had some sort of personal vendetta to settle with whoever's in this castle. Is that what the, you're saying? The the woman kind of speaks up and she says, "Nay, the." Utrik <clears throat> had a sorry. Utrik had a different reason to go north with with Credence. The last he had spoken with us and with Vernon, Utrik said that he and Credence will spart ways at the castle. Ah. Once he had thought it safe, he would not leave Utrik to his or leave Credence to himself if there was danger. Ultrig never came back this way. We do not expect him to. But, she says, kind of pausing. Vernon had a bad feeling about the whole thing. And knowing the people who dwell at the edge of the first forest, in the painted folk. Well, I suppose that's why we're all here now. My husband's got the right of it, as she points toward Dane. <laughs> We're not really sure what to expect. Well, I mean... See when we get there, then. Yeah, yeah, that's nothing new for us. We've, we've <laughs> not, not been sure what to expect the whole time we've been here, so... There's surprises around every corner in the north. That's what I've come to expect. Dane, as you're walking, kind of pulls out this um, off of his back. He pulls out this what's best be would best be considered a long neck lute, and he begins to pluck it, kind of playing a slow tune as you're walking. And uh, he inquires, "Tell me more of what is happening in Stonehort." 
Dane says, the dark coal beneath of his eyes, like making his eyes almost kind of look like just pale white um, in the light of the fading sun. Osbert gives a, uh, sings along to his, um, his lute as he, as he uh, uh, kind of relays what has kind of an overview of what has happened um, in, the, in the past since they've gotten here. Go ahead, go ahead and roll a charm test. This test will um, be routine. Okay. Oh, charming. Charm. This charming man. There's only a 55% chance to succeed. And I succeeded. Nice. 41. Um, as he's playing, it basically turns into a funeral dirge <laughs> as, uh, as, as, um, Osbert is kind of singing a tale of what has befallen. I mean, how deep are you going to go? Um, I'm not going to go into gross detail. Kind of just an overview of how we've developed um, Stonehold and kind of brought it up from the ashes, so to speak. I, I, I'm speaking of, of mainly of Stonehold itself and not really of, of its inhabitants too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was saying, oh, we fixed this and we've built this up and we've, we've built this relationship with... Um, sundown hill and you know we've this is the the, the trade routes that so, built up and stuff like that it's basically it's we built this city yes or <laughs> we built or, this city or it could be we brought the we brought this up this remnant from the ashes remnant <laughs> from the ashes yeah, yeah. he he kind of loses the tune for a moment like as it you know he messes what? up he messes up the note and says <laughs> wait a moment he says you you have met Sorsha O'Bannon? We crossed paths for, for a time, yeah. He nods. Oh. The stories I could tell you that Vernon has shared with me about Sorsha O'Bannon would are, are, are not polite in daylight. Maybe <laughs> when the sun goes down when we are building a fire. <laughs> A time and place for every story I see in song. Yes. So, huh. Sundown Hill, Salamandra, he says, like knowing that Salamandra is there. Now I understand why you seek Vernon. And your brother, of course, Dane goes on to say. Uh, cousin. Hmm? Oh. oh, he says. Yes, yes. Credence is our cousin. I am your brother. Mm, he says. There are so many readings I have heard stories about. Credence has told me. I do not know who is cousin, who is brother. We breed like well, rabbits. Well, we also have a certain family designation. We, we have we have a system. <laughs> yes, yes. Credence has told me this very confusing alphanumeric system you have to qualify who is who of cousin of what. Yes. I find it all very fascinating. I have known Credence for a very long time. And Credence is a is a fine fellow uh, and a great storyteller. He, he and I have regaled uh, one another of things that we have seen separately before our lives together. Um, I have enjoyed the Reading Company for certain. And, and I can see, Vernon can't see it, but I can see a resemblance between you. I would say of the people in Sentinel Pine that Credence was by far my closest friend. Save for you, wife, Annika. <laughs> and she goes, 
You know the right of it. <clears throat> You're going to hear this the sound of that huge mm-hmm. raptor like making whatever whatever the sound the raptor makes kind of like, like it's over like something you'd hear in like a movie <laughs> yeah it's kind of like <laughs> you can see it kind of swoop down on a tree branch kind of whoop kind of bend beneath of its weight she uh she kind of holds a hand up for a moment and she kind of closes her eyes and then she opens them again her eyes are completely white like the pupils are completely gone and the bird takes to the air and she seems to be caught in some sort of strange trance as Dane kind of pulls on uh, Osbert Schultz's uh, elbow, pulls on his elbow sleeve and says, one moment. You lose sight of the bird in about two or three minutes past of this weird, uncomfortable silence as, D- as Dane continues talking like this is second nature to him. And then she kind of like, she's, she kind of like, almost like she's waking up out of like a, a, a daydream. She she kind of, or like she's, like when you get ready to fall asleep and you like your body jerks, like her body jerks and her eyes kind of return back uh, into her head. And and she says, uh, there's a place not far from here, a low dell, a clearing where we can stay to be safe. Well, that's a handy trick. So I was saying, Dane goes on, <clears throat> the, the Credence has been uh, one of my fastest friends or closest friends in the time here in Sentinel Pine as you're beginning to build a fire and the suns went down he just continues talking the entire time like he is the most chatty person you've ever met <laughs> and which makes it very difficult to get a word in edgewise but he just talks and talks and talks until the sun finally goes down and the fire is built high enough and he goes on, and that is how we came up with this whole disguise as the nameless to stay, keep ourselves, to create a myth around the people of Sentinel Pine. You don't say. Mm. You don't. Need, do you need a drink of water, Dane? Oh yes. <clears throat> Annika <laughs> comes up and she comes up to Calvin and says, "He does this a lot." <clears throat> You notice that Annika has not been walking beside Dane the entire trip. <laughs> well, I'm sure you get an earful all the time. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to break up the rhythm of someone like that, you know. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, at, uh, at, at Keegan, it's hard to get a word in edgewise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my apologies I'll work on it I, I, as he's building up the fire and just looks back for a second oh forgive me Shug let me help you with that fire as, I, as I'm laughing I get up and I start helping <laughs> the fire roars and it's a, it's a, it's a cool summer evening um, it's the summer is growing long. It's coming a lot quite. That's not in autumn yet. You probably get another two to three weeks or so. But it's a fairly cool, brisk night, and the fire brings you warmth. And the company is certainly inviting. Um, all of the um, all of the facade that Dane and Annika put up when you first encountered them outside of Sentinel Pine, the guard, their guardedness, their just kind of 
their kind of like suspicion has just washed away throughout this entire day. Um, as you found Dane to be a fairly amicable traveling companion, if not just a bit overly chatty. Um, but he does, like I said, he does go on to explain that this whole myth they created around the nameless was meant to, um, was meant to provoke the marcher lords from staying out of the forest. And he also goes on to explain that the people who now live in Sentinel Pine, a lot of them are from Stonehold, like confirming kind of what you suspected too. He also goes on to say that the quartermaster's son is with them as well, the former, the former lord of Stonehold before he was killed. Well, it's good that some got out of Stonehold. So since Balbanese isn't around anymore, if, if this lot were to return to Stonehold, I mean, we've laid claim to it. Well, I mean, I think they got a pretty nice setup where they're at. It seems pretty safe to me, and that probably to them is the most important thing. Well, Dane smiles. I will not speak for Annika, of course, but living in such isolation and doing what business we do among the people of the valley where you live, there is still a great fear and trepidation about the lands around Stonehold. Uh, as the Donish are all to say, there is blood that runs deep beneath the earth around Stonehold. Dane smiles. He wipes away the coal from his eye, kind of like, almost like dragging it across his face. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was haunted. Like we said, we we uh, we ran the ghosties off. They didn't haunt it anymore. <laughs> yeah. The land the land is healing. He's a run. We ran a ghost off. Ah, no, no, wasn't just one. Just the other, just about a week ago. Remember, the whole lot of them, with their creepy little hands and all that stuff. Ah, yes, yes, the day mass. Yes, the ghosts. Ah, <laughs> they're the nightmare. They're corrupting the land. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Champions of the sun. <laughs> <clears throat> Hmm, he says. It is interesting, I suppose. Although the proximity to the Green John. I suspect that the people of Stonehold, the people of Sentinel Pine, will want to do something about that at some point. <laughs> Especially if they know that the Fingal Green John is still in Old Grawlstead. Right. That is a, that is a vendetta that runs very, very deep with the people among among Sentinel Pine. Well, we'll see what can be done. I We're making a lot of friends up here. I think in the v north. I think Vernon Stahl, if only to exact vengeance against Fengal, that he will then feel his debt to Dauntonthorn's daughter is fulfilled. <laughs> Time Who's this now? The daughter of Balbindi's Dauntonthorn. Oh. Good to know that he had a daughter. Surprised she didn't go far, far south. And, uh, well, maybe that would be a bad idea. Why is that? Well, a lot of rich folks don't like bastards. Who says she was? Was she? 
I assumed she didn't. I don't know. Did did he marry? It's a good question. I would not say that he ever married. No. Hmm. Well, then yes, you're right, brother. What's become of what's become of his child? One second, I gotta write something down. Bree has grown to almost 12 years of age, and she is now asking questions. As children often do. Mm. These questions are far more directional. They're less about, why are trees trees, and why are Earth Earth? These are very provoking questions. You can see in the you can you can tell that she is her father's son. There is a cunning in her eye. You can see, son, or sorry, <laughs> there's a cunning. There's a, she is she. Yeah, whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can see that her father's cunning is in her eyes. Hmm. What sort of what sort of troubling questions could a twelve year old bring? killed her father for one and why and who Fingal is and where her uncle Ulysses lies why is he with the killer so is her mother still with her he shakes his head unfortunately Bree's mother died during childbirth hmm. she outlived she outlived Balbanese Ah, so. She have aspirations to rule Stonehold. Who? Bree. I don't think that she realizes that her name carries any weight in the North. Hmm. Good enough for now. I believe you would say in the South she is born of with someone of lower stock. In the north, that means nothing, but we know in Aglador that has special meaning. I know. <laughs> I am from the girdle. <laughs> I mean, I like the way you do it up here. My na- my last name doesn't mean squat. <laughs> and look at me now, as he puffs up his chest. <laughs> yes. Look at you now. I mean... We seek some opportunity for advancement as well. And uh, here, he says, he inquires. Why, yes. Why, um, back at home, we were to remain burgers, middling. Or less. Or less, yes. I mean, because it's very easy to go downwards in prestige down south yes all all you have to do is get caught loving the wrong person or wait for war simply climb the ladder of chaos and call yourself what you will be like a bastard king (laughs) well we've had we've had that yes but well 
That's not something I could do. Mm. I'm not cut out for it with my soft hands that have hardly swung a sword ever. I don't know who would want that responsibility. I think it takes a lot out of a person to be able to do something like that. Oh, weird. <laughs> if you look at the video right now, it's like split between. Yeah, it is weird. Too quiet. Hey. Maybe if you clap your hands, it may work. Or just keep talking. I don't know. Oh, well. <laughs> so, so, Screw yeah, you, me now. Hey, there we are. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that was weird. Um, normally, it doesn't do that. Usually, it zooms in on me very slowly. It does go. <laughs> and dramatically. <laughs> and I think there's actually a setting on the meeting owl to like track like <laughs> wow there it did it again so so uh uh that's weird um yeah so got that fixed now um yeah so so dane kind of goes on and says i thought the only one who would want that responsibility it's a lot to, a shoulder to it's a lot to but to show a lot to bear a shoulder a heavy load he says good thing i've got the shoulders to bear it mm. <laughs> he flexes <laughs> yes not all leaders are born with a sword in hand. <laughs> Vernon was not. Well, I wouldn't necessarily describe our current leadership as just sword-bound. Only sword-necessary. <laughs> you know, it's... Well... I don't think there's many people who would want to take Stonehold, to be fair, he says. Well, that's, that's their loss. Maybe, he goes on. A lot of blood in the hills in Stonehold. The Quartermaster was not the first. And I do not take offense. I do not think he, you will be the last. Of course. I mean, at some point, Osbert's going to have, going to sire someone. I'll, I'll pass of old age and, and lead on my legacy. Mm -hmm. that's, I, that's how things will be. I do not doubt your words, but I don't know many second generation leaders who are not Danish in the north. Hmm. In fact, I don't know any, in fact, <laughs> he says. And typically where those people come is Stonehold. It is just history. Well, I'm made of sterner stuff. Everyone here, as I motion to the group, knows what I'm capable of. You're good at song. You have a beautiful singing voice. Thank you. If only you could charm Salamandra at the Sundown Hill. <laughs> You did see. You did take Abigail away, though. Certainly, this... right out from under her nose. Their nose. Their nose. Yes. Well, I would say that we've done some good there. Oh, certainly. Sorsha O'Bannon is a uh, is not well landed, as we may say in the south. <laughs> But uh, she is respected among the people of Sundown Hill. At one time, the Earl even respected her. But 
Salamanders and Sorcelmans have changed the Earl's mind over the years. Do you think that they will come to Stonehold in your absence? No way of telling. But if they do, the battle be, will be on our terms rather than us coming to attack them. And if you can simply sneak into Sundown Hill unseen beneath the guise of night, what do you think could happen in Stonehold when there is no wall around the city? <laughs> Much the same, I, I expect. I fear for your people, he goes on to say. Well, then we should be as quick as we possibly can. Hmm. I have, I have, I suppose I have talked you aired off all day. Thank you for <laughs> abiding my ramblings. As my wife is ought to say, it is not often that I get to meet uh, people from the home country. You see? <laughs> well, we didn't have much of a choice, but that's beside the point. In either case, good night. Oh, yeah, I didn't realize you were from Aglidol. I am from the Girdle. Hmm. I once called Dorindle my home. But, uh, yes. Until tomorrow. He and Annika kind of retire to a private tent that they have set up on the edge, the periphery of the campsite, as you all set up your watch, and the, and the night continues on. In relative safety. Uh, the, the next morning comes, um, and that that morning is marked by uh, what, what would best be described as, well... A rain. The ground is muddy. Rain's coming down. It's not a storm by any means. You can still hear birds chirping in the trees, but um, it's kind of a steady driving light. It's a steady light rain as you awaken, and you and you realize it's raining because the, the 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 roof of your tent is leaking in a place where you you constantly had to sew it up uh, due to wear and tear on the. On, on your journeys, you remember you. T I think you took one of those tents from the excavation site, if I'm not mistaken. A long time mm -hmm. ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's yeah, just I have this, it. yeah, it's got this constantly leaking spot when it rains, and you wake up to it dripping on your head, and you come outside, and it's kind of a little bit gray and blue and overcast, and um, there's a little bit of a light, a light mist that's built in the forest around you. Well, God's below and above, Dane says. I hate camping in the rain, as, as Osberg grumpily takes down the tent with the help of Keegan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keegan. After which, Keegan goes and works on a fire and then gets food going. Cause There's no fire like, happening. <laughs> he will attempt. Yeah, this will be a this will be a a cold, a cold porridge for the morning. Uh, that's been nicely brewing overnight, but uh, the porridge is cold in the morning. Are you going to use your camp follower ability? Nobody needs it, so there's no point. 
So I'll just use my overnight oats that I happen to find on my Pinterest. Yeah. <laughs> oats, some berries, a little bit of mint leaves, a little bit of spearmint, some salt to make the water bucket boil faster. Um, maybe uh, maybe <laughs> bits of apple, whatever you put in your porridge. It's it's filling for everybody. I mean, you've got provisions, um, but it's not warm. Um, and um, you would guess it's probably 65-ish outside. Annika is the first to talk, and she's got her hood pulled over her head and uh, with her gray braid hanging out, and she's really going to head toward the spine of night, and that is where we'll find the castle. Lovely. And the what's around it in the castle is the people called the Denoin Kokra. The word that means painted folk. They may be painted brightly, but you will not see them when they descend upon you. You would do well to keep your eyes peeled toward the wood. Well, hopefully they don't see us in this haze of rain. Ah, she says. It is not during the day that we must worry. She says, smiling, placing her hand upon your shoulder. The painted folk descend from the castle in the, mount in the mountains at night. Are you trying to tell me that I'm not going to have the comfort of a fire to, war to dry this ass crack this evening? This is going to be a long day. And, and a long night. Yes. I do not look forward to this. So you strike out following uh, with Annika and Dane, um, dressing as you would, obviously, for the season. Staying, staying dry-ish. Mm -hmm. the, the mud certainly, the, 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 the ground certainly sucks at your boots every once so often, and the rain is just steady, and your socks are going to be wet, and so mm -hmm. is your under, so are your clothes. <laughs> just unavoidable. Um, but you spend the better part of the day, day just trekking up through this upland like mm. it's just this really rough loamy earth that's broken up here and there by limestone and these tall soaring pine trees and it's like you're kind of constantly ascending a hill all day it's a pretty it's, it's pretty damn tiring mm -hmm. um i need all of you to attempt a challenging uh uh toughness test by mid-morning you can tell that osbert is putting on a farce here that he, he's 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 making light, trying to make light of the situation by acting more miserable than he actually is, because none of this really is bothering him. Because I have the uh, weather-worn Midlander, um, so this this sort of stuff is just part of the course for me. Yeah. Uh, did you say challenging? Yes. Challenging okay. what? Toughness. Toughness. Okay. Fifty. Calvin succeeds. Nice. No. One of my favorite '90s band, Failure. Oh, What about Keegan? Fail. What about yourself? Success. Okay. Well, um, it, it is it is rough. It is rough going, um, and those of you who failed um, will suffer thirteen peril from physical exertion um, as you spend the better part of the day just. Ascending up and up, and not really into the mountains, just ascending through this, like, 
Oregon style kind of like landscape. It's just it's just rough going. It's not you're not climbing anything. It's just like a slow, steady grade. And as the day gets further and further on, you realize that the slopes are a little steeper and the trees are clinging a little tighter to the earth until suddenly it kind of breaks into a low foothill. And um, night is <clears throat> about to fall um, until you come up on, uh, in the middle of this rainy kind of like late part of the day, you're standing on the precipice of what seems like the very, very top of this hill, although you can't really see back down into the lowland you came from. But um, from here, you can see this very precarious, like, winding trail go down into this low valley, and you can see all these stone buildings um, <clears throat> kind of settled in the middle of the valley. And upon a precipice probably just as high as the one you're on, like staring at you at the far end about a mile out is this gray gloomy looking castle keep um the uh, foremost you can see this large gate and this pair this pair of stone towers the keep itself you can't see but you can see the road that winds up to it so the entirety of this valley is watched over by some gray looking stony gargoyle-like structure over this low stone village. And right as this happens is when Annika um, draws her self-bow. <clears throat> and she she kind of looks to the sky and she's like she's looking for the raptor but she can't see it anywhere. Being as rainy as it is. I look towards Osbert. I just pissed my pants. Oh, you wouldn't be able to tell. That was a lie. I didn't. No, I wouldn't I be mean, able to I tell. Mean, yeah, that was a lie too, and, and that, and that. And he scratches his head, and that too. I think. Are you cold or warm? <laughs> Well played, sir. Warm. I thought you were going to say cold play. <laughs> mm. So Annika kind of drops to one knee, and she's like, like I said, she's looking toward the clouds, trying to find her raptor, but it does not come out of the clouds at all. And what you know of of raptors of this of raptors in general collinsworth is that when it rains they stay above the clouds or they find somewhere to roost so you probably won't be seeing her her animal today you want me to take a look what am i looking for she they pull out this like um what is it is it a broom or is it just a stick i have to pull it up in uh My witch's broom. Open the flames of freedom. Flames of freedom! It isn't free. It's still $50 on Bakriket. Uh, I was expecting it to be a buck oh five. 
Maybe on 4th of July next year. <laughs> Bucko fly. So you're saying that yeah, flying it's broom. still open for late backers? <laughs> yes, it's still open for late backers. <laughs> and, and if you like what you're hearing, you should should go. and <laughs> you know, If you haven't already. Sponsored by. Yeah. <laughs> if, yeah, for those who are listening, and I'm sure you've already heard, but this entire game is we have merged Flames of Freedom and Zwinger together. Merged. Meshed and mesh together so you're hearing flames of freedom mechanics over the last 22 uh 20 yeah. 23 23 game 23 game sessions is that right oh my gosh yeah uh so you're about to say calvin all right yeah so it's a hawthorn stab that will i'll put between my legs and <clears throat> you want me to take a look she nods you see calvin click it the the back of his boots yep. together <laughs> I definitely click my heels, th- you know, three times. Yeah, there's no right. place like home. <laughs> That's right. Uh, this is going to be a standard test. All right. Standard incantation. We're going to do that as a 69. That's an 04 success. Nice. Okay. So, with that, uh, the broom seems to hover, and Calvin mounts it like a horse, and he's on top of the broom. You're going to start soaring above? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to try to do anything too crazy. Just uh, we're just try to get to near the top of the trees where my head's above the trees. And I'm uh, I'm looking basically for a castle. Like, right? That's what we're looking for is a castle. Yeah. Well, you... I mean, we could see it from where we were standing. Yeah, you can see the, yeah, you can see the castle across the way overlooking the valley. Yeah. I don't think we're kind of looking for like a path or people or anything like that, right? Yeah. So you, um, well, you you set to the air and he whoosh. The broom takes off from the edge of the precipice here, and you're kind of soaring in the air in the rain. Um, and you can see down below you, below your feet, dangling below as the rain's driving down this small uh, what looks like an abandoned village the first thing you kind of look for calvin is are there any chimneys and are there any smoke coming out and none of the none of the villa none none of the buildings of the village seem to um be occupied um but you can see the castle keep um kind of over toward a clutch of rock like a low mountain Mm -hmm. Uh, do you want to proceed that direction um I'll, i mean since the the spell lasts for like hours i'm just gonna circle back and tell them what i found so far mm-hmm. and ask if uh they had anything else that uh they wanted me to look for wondering if the awe has set in for uh the other caster there you know because mm-hmm. i'm awesome But uh, anything else you guys want me to check out? No, uh, no smoke in the chimneys. And village looks banded. No sign of credence. Well, couldn't see him from where I was, but obviously, just wanted to do a quick, quick flyby. And I mean, if I can do more scouting ahead, I can do that. Obviously, in this rain, it's going to be hard to track anything, especially Otrig. Oh, I don't expect to, that we'll find him. I think he'll find us. If he wants to. Exactly. There ain't no point in looking for him. I 
think the trail might be cold with this rain. No, I'm cold in this rain. <laughs> Not we <laughs> all. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> all right well i guess uh go ahead and uh, i'll take a deeper look then okay i'll be back now, whoosh takes off once again out into the rain um you pass over the village dangling with your feet dangling down you can see the rain of course driving down imagine that that perspective as your stomach maybe drops a little bit as you kind of like continue soaring through the air on the back of this broom. <laughs> <He's cackling laughs> Can't help but cackle with glee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, but using using the magics you you had stolen from the one of the three sisters, um, you had to board the castle keep, and um, you realize that as you're kind of approaching. It looks as you kind of are kind of coming toward it. You can see um, some closer details. <clears throat> the towers uh, that the that house the the tall porculus, the gate, appear to be in a state of pretty solid disrepair. Um, uh, and strangely, uh, the lower parts of it are covered in purple handprints like purposely covered in purple handprints along the bottom of the towers itself like as if they were decorated that way just purple handprints everywhere um and then you kind of soar over the open field around this kind of small natural looking wall fashioned from the, the mountainside itself and you can see it all kind of encircles uh this tall central building that's maybe two to three stories and it too looks like it is um, in pretty terrible disrepair as well. The whole structure itself, although it is not wholly exposed to the wilderness, there are clearly like holes in the roof and the stone. Um, it looks mostly abandoned. That is until you see a pair of lean-looking people stepping out into the courtyard. And it's kind of hard to make out um, features in the rain and the mist like it is, unless you want to get a little closer. But if you do that, you may potentially expose yourself. Yeah, I just know that it's occupied. That's all uh, I think we really need to know. Okay. I mean, I'm sure if it was Osbert on here, he would totally get a closer look, but I'm a bit of a more cautious <laughs> person. Yeah. So you, um, nice. you, about half hour later... Calvin kind of swings back and his feet kind of land in the muck as he's got the Hawthorne stick and he's going to hold it at his side, still imbued with the the foul magics of the of the of one of the three sisters. Yep. Uh, place looks pretty darn beat up, but I saw purple handprints, so I'm thinking the pain folk are there, and I found uh, a couple people walking around didn't get too close to get details on them but there's people there and yeah do you see any way inside the the castle no i'm sure there were a ton of holes oh so we but, i mean do you right mean in. like normal ways right in? in i mean i could drop in you all learned how to do this flying thing like i told you to negative you know walls would mean nothing to you 
but um, look at that ridiculous talk. There's no I'm just saying on top of it and source of broom. <laughs> it, hey, there, there's no bristles on this. There, you can't sweep with this thing. It's, a, it's just a stave or stave. But um, yeah, I mean, I basically relay everything, so you guys can draw your own conclusions. Dane and Annika look a bit worried, but look to all of you to see how you react. So there was two of them. Right. And other than that, the castle looked completely abandoned. Well, I mean, I assume with all this weather, everyone who's inside is going to be inside. Trying to be in dry spots that ain't doesn't have holes in the ceilings. Yes, but do I recall right that there are no fires, no smoke. Uh, bad. Well, yeah, I mean, in the village, I didn't notice anything, and nothing stuck out of the castle. So, I mean, who knows? But um, and they mentioned that them uh, painted folk like to mark their territory. Mm. So, part of me's got to believe that those towers are probably occupied. Osbert looks towards the sky, trying to reckon what time of day it is. Uh, almost nightfall. Hmm. So forgive my ignorance, but do the painted folk use fire to keep warm? Are you asking Annika? I, I'm asking whoever will answer. Yeah, I'm look at, but you know, after I answer that, I look at each and every person. Like, I would assume it is not very cold out today. You can't piss your pants all night long. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's very true. I mean, not unless you went about with your mouth open the whole time, and then you wouldn't be able to see where you were walking. <laughs> Warmth aside, though, at some point you have to make food, things like that, and typically there's at least some kind of fire going, you know. If this is an established place for people to be. Sorry to cut off your talk. Oh no, it wasn't a... I, I suppose I could... Perhaps we could ride passenger. Can you do that? No? Okay. No. I, I don't know in character, so I would suggest it. No, yeah, no. If, if it was something I thought was possible, I would have suggested it. <laughs> I suppose no. you could ride passenger on that ridiculous stick of yours, right? No. Um, ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, there's the weight ratio, and um, yeah, I just started making stuff up. I don't know. Osbert answers. You're the expert. So, let me ask you something out of ignorance, brother. Mm hmm. Say you were to fly down closer for a look. Mm -hmm. If it were trouble, it means you could just fly up, right? Well, uh, you know, I mean, certain, certain birds only fly so high. Is that the same for your broom? Well, I mean, there's there's flying high, and then there's um, I mean, there's a bit of uh, I mean, if I'm just kind of cruising it's really not too hard but if i'm trying to make like you know 
combat maneuvers. Um, it gets a little bit tricky to stay on there, especially I've been thinking in the rain. That's, uh, that's why I aired on the side of caution. Huh. Well, you know, my idea, not being a skilled stickman, um, <laughs> was a to... Skilled witch. He's, just, <laughs> he's trying to use the, a polite term, not being a witch. <laughs> hey, he's a, were, he's a wizard, Calvin, all right? Yeah. Wizard. <laughs> um, I I would just think that you'd fly down, and if you were in trouble, you'd you'd fly up and go in the wrong direction until you were out of view, and then circle back around the long way. What, like go down there and unlock the door? No, just to see. I mean. What I think is if there were a large number of people, there would be some form of smoke, even though it may not be that cold. Food does have to be at. So, you know, uh, surely there's some sort of fire. You only saw two of them. Perhaps it was... Uh, Otrick and um, Credence. No. Could be. Now, the hands are interesting, but the hands could be, could have been there for ages now. And, uh, Don't know. You know, if, if she knows this, then maybe Otrick knows this and has marked it up. You can tell that Collinsworth is really reaching. Like, <laughs> yeah. he wants to believe it's them. You gotta believe. You gotta believe. <laughs> well, you gotta, you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta believe. I think the best thing to do is uh, either go for it or wait until morning. Oh. You're asking me to camp another night in this, this rain? I'll do it. Uh, now, there are ways to start fires in the rain. It's just very difficult. You need to have something that isn't wet that'll last long enough to start burning something that is wet, and it'll mainly be smoke, but it will provide some warmth. Hmm. Well, my cracks can't get any wetter, so I guess we'll we'll bed down for the night. Have at it in the morning. Unless you, unless I hear any cries of protest from the rest of you. So, haven't called. When would <laughs> when would we make it to this castle? If we were to keep going, would it be nightfall? Well, you see that hill. I don't want to walk down in the, in the in the dark. I'll break both my legs. Right. So. Well. In in I that would, case. I wouldn't, but you might. In that case. <laughs> the I mean, whether they are friendly or not, it's best if we wait. Like I said. 
Let's make camp. Will you build a fire? Nope. Uh, it's going to be a miserable night. Yeah. Um, well, uh, at least you'll be able to stay dry and dry off a little bit inside of your tent. You can hear the rain pitter-pattering on it. Um, not really sure what to expect from who may be living in the village, who may be in the castle, whether they'll wander along this path, because it's very, very clear that there's a well-worn path going down from this hillside. Um, it it, it kind of puts you all on edge. Um, so I need everyone to uh, attempt a hard resolve test for this evening. Weather-worn Midlander, you always succeed at skill tests to resist the effects of physical peril. This is not physical peril. Okay. <laughs> Hard test. Yeah. Hard resolve. 69 uh, fail. Oh. 50? 31. 73. Failure. Uh, what'd you get, Keegan? You're Sorry. muted. You're muted. Sorry, sometimes it decides to randomly mute me, I swear. Um, ought to success. Nice. Great success. Yes. Uh, what'd you get, Calvin? You're oh, you're I got a 69 and I failed. Oh. Ooh. Okay. Um, well, for those who failed, um, so first off, everyone awakens to imperiled, just to be clear. Um, and for those who uh, failed their test, your mind immediately turns toward um, the, you know, the, the fear of the unknown, the fear of uh, who the Pictish are, and the stories that you heard, and you know that they have night eyes, and you're kind of on edge, really, all evening. Um, in so much as when you awaken in the morning, um, you some of you are suffering from fear. Um, so it's six corruption, and, um, oh god, uh, 15 peril. So you go, so you start as unperiled that morning, and then, of course, you awaken just kind of afraid. Um, and it's still raining the following morning. It's still gray and overcast. The rain didn't seem to stop at all last night, just making making this entire ordeal not only just uncomfortable, but unnerving. And um, Annika, is the, Annika is the first to, to be awake. And we'll assume that kind of Collinsworth is the first to kind of peel himself out of his bed and come outside the tent. And Collinsworth, as you do so, you can see Annika standing at the precipice of the hill with her self-bow. Um, and she's kind of watching away. Only the two of you are awake at this point. She turns toward you and nods. I, uh, I put my, I put my uh, finger to my ear. And I grab my self-bow. Yeah, she... I walk over there. Yeah, she uh, points down toward. She points toward the um, edge of the tower. She looks. She looks like she's been up all night, and and she she says, 
those two right there. I don't know if you can see them, but they may have moved at all last night. Standing there, like they're carved of stone. I look down there. Do I even see the figures at all? No. It's too far for me. I don't think that they're picks, she says, looking back down toward the castle. Well, do you think they're statues? No. I'll rouse the others then. All of you begin to slowly kind of peel yourselves out of the tent and awaken and stretch and you all kind of join um, Annika and Collinsworth and Dane and Abigail and obviously the, the rest of you kind of collect along the edge of the cliffside and you can see that even beneath Annika's deep hood she's clearly uh, concerned and her husband uh, Dane shares the same as well and she speaks to him in that tongue you don't understand and he kind of his eyes kind of widen for a moment and um he he like he like he's trying to look he clearly can't see what can't see who's down there but he feigns it regardless mm. and he says i can't see anything she relays the story to all of you I suppose day is better than night. So it is day. I am no thing, Dane says. I, uh, nor is Annika. We typically look to Vernon to make such decisions. Well, if those two have been up all night... Perhaps they'll be in at a disadvantage. <laughs> Let's go. Break camp. We're moving. To the village first, then. Or should we go around the village and go straight to the castle? I didn't catch that there was a village earlier. Um... He, point, he points toward the valley. He says, It's hard to see through the mist, but there are buildings. Old village down in the valley before the, in front of the castle down below. You can see, winding down this road here, there is, there is buildings abandoned along there. And then another winding road past the village that leads up to the castle. We could avoid the whole village if we wish to do so. You probably couldn't see them because they're all ranch-style houses. No second stories. And this, <laughs> there's ranch-style houses in this hidden valley. <laughs> well, <coughs> I suppose we we avoid the village. We don't want to announce our presence if anyone's staying there. Right? Well... I'm not sure. All right. We'll avoid the village then. Okay. <laughs> Annika and Dane nod solemnly. Abigail's ready. All of you begin going down this long, sloping, wet hill. 
descending down these low kind of stony switchbacks until you make it into the bottom of the valley about 15 minutes later and you turn back and you look toward the hill you came down and it's kind of it's the hill is retreated in the mist um, down here um, you can see what looks like at the very base of this of this bluff is this um, really old looking um, stone well not far from where you're at and um, near the well uh, you can you can hear um, what you can hear basically blackbirds um, as they're kind of settled upon the the edge of the well That's usually a good sign, right? That's Dane kind of. If there's something dead around here, he won't smell it in the rain. Then they would be gathered for another reason. Wait, uh, I look closer. Are they rooks? Yes. Hmm, they're having parliament. Did you ever hear that story? Dane shakes his head now. It's often been wondered by many people why um, rooks gather in a parliament. Uh, you see, you see the one that's doing most of the crowing. Uh, it's in the center of a circle of uh, these rooks. Dane looks at himself. Is this a joke? About no, me? I'm, I'm not. I'm not joking. Look well, on. The one in the center. When he's finished, one of two things will happen. Either all of the rooks will fly away, or they'll peck it to death. It's what we've. Well, it's what happens down south, anyway, and it's long been. You know, wondered why they do this. And uh, a lot of people think that, uh, well, this rook is on trial, and that's why they call it a parliament of rooks. Mm. But um, I like to think of it uh, as in some ways better, in some ways much more sinister. I believe that that rook is telling a story. What and they are. Hmm? And what story would he be telling? Do you reckon? I don't speak rookish. <laughs> but it better be a good one. Well, he seems to be crowing with joy, as far as I can tell. I hope this is a good sign. Multilingual. No. By hook or by rook, we'll get into that castle. <laughs> if we're going, sorry, Annika says, if it's going to skirt the 
the village will need to sneak along the side of this hill here. Make certain no one sees us from the village as she looks toward the buildings. We need to go off-road, cross over into that field right there, or that stone wall. Follow along with me, she says. She leaps over a low stone wall, and acre walls are typically called, that would demarcate land that would belong to somebody. And she begins moving through this muddy field with this low gray grass that has low gray grass that hasn't grown in probably a season or two. As you well know about grains, is once the grains uh, once grains germinate, but when they produce seedlings, they die. And it looks like this um, this is the way grains are. They're they're like um, they're like squid. You know, squid like produce once and then they die. Um, grain is the same way. It looks like this field has not been tended since the last harvest. Um, or any harvest for that matter, because you don't really see any sort of farming implements or tools or anything that would resemble this place had been had even been tended to for quite some time. We take the left-handed path against the grain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everybody needs to roll a secret stealth test. Dun dun dun. Forty-two percent chance to succeed. Thirteen. <laughs> What'd you get, Keegan? My stealth is a forty-seven, and I rolled a fifty-three. Do you want to keep that? Yeah. Collinsworth, what'd you get? I uh, have a forty-three. No, wait. 42, and I rolled a 13. You want to keep that? Yep. Okay. Calvin? I roll, or I have a 48, and I rolled a 68. You want to keep that? Sure. We'll keep that. Okay. And finally, Osbert. I have a 60, and I rolled a 62. I'll keep it. Okay. As you're moving among the field, you can see you're kind of coming up on what looks like a very large farming implement, like this big two-sided rusted iron spade that would be dragged by some sort of animal like an oxen that would be used to till the earth. You've seen these before. They're like three feet high. A plow? Yeah, yeah. Like a, <laughs> but, but not just like not a plow like you would imagine you would see in Aglador. Like a really old plow, like something that 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 probably predated even your grandfather's time. Mm. The four of you kind of instantly like it, it. It's like this is not just like something nostalgic. This is something like really, really old, ancient. Yeah, and it's it's half. It's kind of covered in growth, um, and there are crows nestled all around it. And then suddenly, as you begin your approach. They begin to take flight um, as they go into the sky and in lying there in the middle of the muck uh, is a mess of feathers and blood where one of the rooks has been pecked to death. And as you kind of behold this 
very ill omen. You kind of look back where you came from, and you can see these kind of gray shapes in the mist behind the low stone wall. And it's not just one or two, but they're kind of coming in collections, like two or three are slowly approaching, and they're holding farming tools and other implements. You can't really make out facial features or anything, but at first there were five, now there's eight, now there's ten or twelve, and they're just gathering on the edge of that stone wall, like collecting as they're watching what's happening. All these people standing in the rain. None of them cloaked that you can see, but definitely armed with farming tools and other implements. It's probably about 25 or 30 yards out. Are we running or are we talking? Because fighting is not going to end well for us. That's what? I'll wait and see. Follow my lead. I'll... I'm going to continue through the field until... Toward the castle? Towards the castle, yeah. Okay. I'm going to just kind of act like I don't see him and see how they react. I'm going to keep him, like, in the corner of my eye, like, you know. But try not to make eye contact with him. Sure. As uh, you begin kind of moving across the field, at first you see one and then three, and then five. They begin walking over the stone wall, the very slow and steady gait, kind of walking in pockets of three. Um, they're not pursuing at a fast pace, but they are pursuing you. Mm -hmm. And now you've counted at least 20. So they're not trying to close the distance, they're just watching, as far as I can tell? That's what you can see so far. Okay. And they haven't closed the distance. You're moving quicker than they are, but they're kind of slowly, kind of somewhat messily and catically kind of passing over the stone wall and walking into the field behind you in your wake. Okay. <laughs> Creepy. I'll keep moving. You uh, continue moving, and you're not quite toward where the road winds its way toward the castle keep. But you can see where a road kind of basically splits the field from the road that lead up to the castle. And then suddenly there's a clutch of like seven people, like immediately at your one o'clock. Mm. No more than like ten yards away. Stop. Are, are they doing anything? Are they looking at us? Like, what are they? What's well, on? one of them, the, the few that you see have these kind of broad straw hats. They look like farmers. And one of them holding, is holding like a, a pitchfork, you can see. Another one's holding a spade. And they're not saying anything. They're just gathering and they're starting to move toward you. Let us pass. At this point, you're they're still at your one o'clock. So they haven't closed the distance. They just begin to gather at the edge of the road. I draw my pistol. Let us pass. As you you draw your pistol and, and you 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 cock the the, the hammer, um, they don't seem to move. Okay. And as you turn around, you can see that collection of the other twenty farmers. By your estimation, at least twenty slowly closing the distance as they bleed around the um, the the plow, and the plow is left in their wake. 
Okay. And they're moving slowly and steadily through this kind of muddy, wet, gray field as if to close, the, as if to, to basically enclose you between the wall uh, of the cliffside um, in this field and the other group. Unless you wish to break forward. I, I look at everyone and say, run. Let's go. Which way? Uh, start. Straight towards the one o'clock. Spook it. We're going to try to pass them by. Okay. So, so we, we take uh, the road. That's take what you're saying? The castle or take the. Towards the castle, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, um, I think that we should probably end here <laughs> and we will resume next week um, with. A chasing, yeah. Uh, That's what I was for. To to <laughs> escape the, the the farmers of this abandoned village, and um, head toward the castle. So, um, everyone at this point, uh, give yourselves fifty reward points. As we play, oh, we played for two hours. Is that right? Yeah. No, we played for two and a half. Two and a half so, hours. Yeah, yeah. 70, seventy-five reward points. Sorry, seventy-five. Sweet. Which means it's uh, time to um, wrap up the session. So let's build more uh, spells. Yeah, more spells. Wiggly fingers. That's right. So um, we obviously had some corruption tonight, uh, for some of you at least. Uh, so we'll roll. Oh, I should say, I will roll. I will roll. Uh, D10. So our corruption roll for tonight, one. Ah, that means my meter is full. My flaw <laughs> meter is full. You have an affliction now. Yes. Well, you have determination last session and affliction this session. Mm -hmm. I wow. just got determination this session. Nice. That's great. Yeah, but I got my affliction two sessions ago. So. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Collinsworth, where are you at on the on the scale right now? Between. I'm uh, four and five, sliding towards an affliction first. Oh. What about you, Calvin? Uh, let's see here. I believe I am pretty even. Let me scroll back up. All right. I am actually two. I'm eight and four. Actually, I'm not even close to being even. Oh, wow. Or seven what? and four. Seven and Right, seven order four chaos. Nice. I'm trying to build back up to um, that, you know, determination point. Yeah, no, no kidding. Because uh, you're, are you at one determination or zero? I believe I'm still at zero. Ooh boy, yeah. Oh, I'm at you're three. Too, you're too good for this world, too, Calvin. Not too good for this world. Uh, well, I might not be long for this world. Right. Yeah. You need to, you need, you need to be more selfish. So. Oh, wait, I get a damage threshold up, don't I, for having yeah, another determination point. Yeah, raise your damage hey. Yeah. It's a six now. Um, So a real quick point of clarification before we go into a recap of this evening for each of your characters. Um, and this is in Flames of Freedom. You'll see, I'll, I'll have the final version out to you. I think probably mid next week once you get the final sessions, the final mechanical changes into the, the PDF. It's about to go to print. Oh, my gosh. Um, on the 15th of April. Oh. Um, so 
there's a there's a sidebar in the recent PDF version, and it basically talks about the mechanical benefits of afflictions. Um, afflictions manifest not only as a weakness, but also give way to temporary survival strategies that will help the character adapt both narratively and mechanically to the situation. Whenever you take advantage of your affliction's positive mechanical adaptation, you gain six conflict, unless the effects of the affliction dictate some of their terms which you gain conflict. So um, keep in mind that if you have an affliction, you have some sort of positive benefit, um, you will suffer six corruption every time you use it. So in other words, when you use your affliction, it helps you get more afflictions quicker. Yes. Just like in Spider-Man. <laughs> you love it, don't you? Well, it's a, you know, if you look at it from this perspective, like people develop survival strategies to get themselves through trauma mm -hmm. um, and can re-traumatize themselves in some cases um, through going through dark situations. So um, that's what that's why it's reflected that way. So that's the that's the quick clarification. Um, so let's uh, let's go around the table and I think let's start first with Keegan. Let's talk about what happened tonight from Keegan's perspective and how, how what may be going on in his head. Um, Keegan's a bit confused as to about Dane and Annika because he was off doing God know what. Um, it's Keegan. I probably got you know talked into helping one of his friends move or something, so that's why he wasn't here last week. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm over thirty. I'm not helping anybody move. Um. He's, he's the guy with the truck. No, uh, oh, why sorry. did I buy a truck? No. Yeah, <laughs> but so he doesn't. He doesn't know much about this as far as like Pictish go and stuff. He's heard all the stories, but Keegan's not really a person to fall for that kind of thing. Like he doesn't really give in to that. He has to have like a personal experience or know somebody who has a personal experience before he really believes it. So he's just kind of like. All right, we got these people with strange accents that were walking around. Okay. Oh, that one's got a bird and apparently pissed off Hobbs and, and Collins were okay. Like that's he doesn't so he doesn't really have much thought on Dane and Annika. However, um having twenty villagers following them that look like they're um, you know, pitchforks and torches is probably not helpful for his stress levels. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So. Uh fifty reward points. Yeah. So um, let's move next to Calvin. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Calvin had a pretty chill session, I think. this. So, I mean, he, he did some flying around. He did some scouting. But, I mean, he's still just kind of focused on whatever gets us towards Credence fastest mm -hmm. is best. So if a bunch of people want to come with us, by all means, you know, if Dane knows this and his wife knows these areas and these people, then all the more resources is for us to use and better the chance to success. So he's just like, all right, guys, uh, let's just let's go get it. And uh, he's not sure how this all is going to end up, seeing as we saw absolutely no one before, and now we're seeing dozens of people now. You know, yeah, it's definitely, uh, definitely going to be interesting next week. Yeah, okay. 50 reward points. Uh, let's go next to um, Osbert. So, uh, you know, th this this journey seemed pretty miserable, but, uh, you know, he was holding it, Osbert was holding it together fairly well until the the, the night with the uh, the unease and the nightmares and all this stuff. And I think this is, this is uh, you know, the instance when you've been holding it together as a, 
was a ruler or a leader for so long and you start the cracks are starting to appear and uh you know uh, he's, he's seeing all these bad like to the next morning is just turning out poorly he's seeing these bad omens and then they're slowly being encircled around and um it's uh, it's it's uh, it's a sign of hor horrible things to come and i think that's that's kind of why his uh his, uh, his next flaw is, um, or his, uh, what, what do they call him in the system again? Affliction. Affliction is going to manifest in this way. Um, so we'll have to, we have yet to determine that. I don't want to hold up everyone else from giving their, uh, synopsis, but, uh, we'll talk about yeah. that after we wrap yeah. with Collinsworth. Uh -huh. uh, so, so Collinsworth, uh, tell us what's going on in Collinsworth's mind. What's, what's going on in his head? Uh, well, I mean, he started off the session um, in a bad way. Uh, he uh, just keeps having, you know, run-ins with, well, he kept having run-ins with, um, I'm having a terrible time with names tonight. Um, Are you the NPC keeper? Who's no, that's me. Oh. Okay. That's um, and, uh, but she, you know, rubbed him wrong again. But, uh, you know, he was able to get past that pretty quickly. So, um, you know, as long as, uh, you know, she doesn't really tr trigger those two things with him, like he said, um, since he said it out loud, he's going to be cordial. Um and yeah, like even those uh, petty things aside, um, he's certainly happy that we have another person around um, and someone who can see in the dark, which he is didn't really know was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, People can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a uh, little bit surprised that um, we didn't want to like investigate the town at all because when we were first up here we were investigating everything and getting involved in everything and now it's like oh we're just uh, moving on. okay all right <laughs> not this not yeah today. it's too spooky <laughs> <laughs> okay so, yeah. so uh 50 reward points collinsworth um i i i knew you were pretty close Nick and I've been giving this some thought and I think there's a really cool affliction that fits your character <laughs> and uh, the affliction is called Foolish Endeavors uh, so write down Foolish Endeavors as your new affliction Okay. and uh, I'll tell you the, 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 narrative, the narrative stuff and I'll tell you the mechanics um, so here's the, here's the as you can guess by the name Foolish Endeavors you can kind of guess where this is going. Um, whether blessed by a divine being or my own good fortune, my body has learned to endure whatever comes. I no longer know fear, only the unshakable drive to stop the darkness. At times, I'm awarded for this bravery. And others, well, the darkness must win at least once in a while. So that's the narrative behind uh, Foolish Endeavors. And here is the effect. Whenever you rush into a situation without proper planning, 
you gain plus 10 base chance to succeed at all skill tests during the situation. Okay. However, for every failed skill test during this time, you suffer from stress. So you suffer from stress multiple times through multiple failed skill tests. Pretty fitting, I think. Um, Why, do you think I don't play much? <laughs> no, no. Just, <laughs> I was torn between that and the other one I was thinking of was Savior <laughs> Complex. But I think that Savior Complex communicates kind of the wrong thing with its wording. Um, although the, cause the, the flavor is, there is no greater remedy for fear for the fear of inadequacy than helping those who need it and having them see me for what I am, a savior. I, their adoration quiets a terrorist within me, reminding me that I am capable and not just another victim. I think I thought that Foolish Endeavors makes far more sense um, given the given the outcomes of some of the choices that have been made. Um, despite the fact you come out on top, I think eventually it's still going to wear down no matter how often you succeed or, or fail. So Foolish Endeavors is your reflection. Um, so with that, we will wrap up session 23 and we'll resume next week, session 24. Uh, these, I think we're just hit session 20, 17 or 18 on the Patreon. Do you remember? Uh, we hit 17. 17. Okay. So I think it's t session 19 and onward. We have videos for or is it session 20 and onward? I can't remember. Uh, I, I don't know. I'd have to check the YouTube. Yeah, um, I've got the I've got the MP3 scheduled out, but I haven't looked into YouTube yet. Just because I knew we had a little more time, or I'm hoping we had a little more time. I thought it was around twenty. Yeah, I I'm at, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna look right now while we're just chit chat chit chatting. Um, however, <laughs> thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening uh, to Desperation Point. Uh, we'll see what happens next week as we will begin in media res, right in the middle of the chase scene. We'll roll some dice and see what happens. So uh, see you all next next week. Bye. 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 Oh. Tried to leave the meeting and not just... <laughs>